This is the Game Day on Rocky Top Podcast, episode 148. I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and I'm with Brad Shepard tonight. Brad, say hi. Hey. How are you, Dad? (laughs) I was going to say, you know, all you're saying is, hey, you know, (laughs) you've you've had all your words spent uh, over the game, I guess, probably. We'll we'll get to that in a second. First, I got an off-topic question for you. Okay. Like last week. And I'm asking this because I actually know the answer, and I want you to uh, to admit it like a man on the air. So, what <laughs> is the last concert you attended? Oh no, <laughs> you're a genuinely bad person. That would be Taylor Swift and Camila Cabela at um, you know Nissan Stadium. Right. What have I done to deserve this, Joel? <laughs> this is this is because you're a huge Taylor Swift fan, or you have like a teenage daughter that you're taking to the thing, or what? Neither. My <laughs> so my little boy has grown up loving Taylor Swift, and my wife loves Taylor Swift. And secretly, I know a lot of Taylor Swift songs because I kind of have become a um, bit of a closet fan by osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> a Swifty, if you will, is what my wife is yelling in the background. So nice. Um, it was a it was a good show. It's it's one that um, if my wife has anything to say about it, and she normally does in every aspect and facet of my life, we will probably be attending again at some point. So <laughs> it was right. it really was a good show, though. We had a good time, and you know, I have. I have my genre of music that I listen to, which is like Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson and um, Sunvolt and that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I don't even know hey, who those you people know, are. I mean, it is what it is. It's it, it's I had fun with it. It was it was a good time, and it made for some pretty funny social media. So, all right, very nice. Uh, I, I'll <laughs> have to say my my last concert. I had to think about it. Uh, was actually Switchfoot. It was many, many years ago. See, my youngest or my oldest daughter, she was maybe 15, 16. Uh, I took her to Asheville. And I think, is it the Orange Peel there? Something like that? I think so. That's That sounds right. Yeah. So we saw them there. Man, those guys are just awesome. Love those guys. They really are good. <clears throat> and I don't love Christian rock, but I mean, I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't love Christian rock, but that, I mean, that I, I they are, they're very talented. Yeah, and you know, it's almost like they, there's, I don't know, you know, they have such a deep philosophical insight without uh, any pushiness or uh, preachiness or anything. So, agree. And, and they're I just, agree. they're just cool too, you know. So, anyway. Yeah. Much cooler than Taylor Swift. Yeah, very much cooler than Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take them in a fight anytime. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So, anyway, back to the Vols. Uh, the Vols opened uh, the Jeremy How do you Pruitt. Have to? Yeah. <laughs> we can keep talking about Taylor Swift if you want. Let's, yeah. let's, let's Sounds like you got Taylor more Swift in podcast. you. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit more um, happy talking about Taylor Swift. She's not she's not bad to look at either. So, um, but I guess we probably should talk about the ball since that's what that's what they pay for. So, all right. So the uh, Jeremy Pruitt era, era uh, kicked off with sort of a tough outing against uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers. They lost uh, forty to fourteen. Will Greer, uh, his uh, and his excellent wide receiving core, they they just played havoc with Tennessee's largely inexperienced secondary. And I think I wrote something like this earlier. It's, it's kind of like not knowing the Pythagorean theorem on the ACT, and so you miss 
the Pythagorean theorem question 12 times. You know, they, they did one thing really badly, but they did it over and over and over again. And, and there were some other issues, too. Um, sure. But let's let's do this. Um, let, let me first let me get just your general impression. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to ask you to uh, do sort of a, a, a praise uh, critique sandwich. So we're going to have one thing that, that was good about the game. One thing that uh, was really disappointing about the game and then followed it up with uh, another thing that uh, might be good if you can find two things. So, Yeah, and, I can find actually I, three things really stood out to me that was good, but we'll, we'll talk. We'll get to that later. All right, well, you can make it a triple decker sandwich if you want. <laughs> so but first, just uh, general impressions. What, what how, how do you feel uh, after the after the game? You know, I'm disappointed, and, and, and I think and as I wrote, you know, I, I blame myself for being disappointed, and I think that I've had a lot of time to kind of think about it and digest it. For whatever reason, this game kind of hit me harder than than a lot of them in recent history, and, and, and you know, we've, we're Tennessee fans. We're tough. We're used to losing by now, but I, I think, you know, this is, this is what I think I think. You know, I believe that we've been we've been reading practice reports and listening to to practice reports but the bottom line is the media gets to see one or two sessions of practice so they can't tell us anything about the team with any real knowledge of of really you know kind of having a roadmap a daily roadmap to see these guys and and that's a that's a major problem because what then happens is they have to re- rely on what they hear and more than that, what Jeremy Pruitt tells them. Now that, that doesn't, I'm not trying to be contrarian to everything that we've talked about, how, you know, we're, we're used to Butch lying to us. And now I'm saying that Pruitt's lying to us. I don't think that's the case at all. But if you're, if, if you're Jeremy Pruitt and you've just come from Alabama and Georgia and Florida state where they have a lot of talent and they have a lot of athletes and they, you know, have, have years upon years, a foundation of recruiting and you come here and you kind of know what you have, you know, I don't think that, and and I said last week that, and so this is me contradicting myself from last week. I said last week that I didn't think Pruitt was the, the type that would blow a bunch of smoke. Now I believe that, you know, after seeing them, that he didn't want to just come out and rip these kids. And and Butch is blamed, you know, as we all know, Butch never blamed himself and never blamed his, his staff. I mean, he, he, he would call people out. And I think that at this juncture, Pruitt knows that he can't do that um, and expect anything this year from this team. He can't do it and – and feel good about, you know, recruiting and those guys, um, you know, want to jump on the ship. So I feel like maybe he kind of thought that he could cover up some of the talent deficiencies with scheme, which is why you've heard him talk so much about scheme and fundamentals being, you know, mistake prone this last weekend. But I just, I'm more than that. And that's, I think that that's the reason why he's accentuated the positives coming out of that game is because I think he knows what, we have, which is the reason why he's told plenty of recruits and, and recruits have then, you know, repeated in stories after they've committed to Tennessee that this is going to be the worst year of the Pruitt era, but just hang tight because we're building a program. And, and we don't want to hear that as fans, but 
you know what we saw on Saturday is not as bad as it is not as bad as it, it it's not I think it's 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 not the way it's going to be every single week I think it could get better but I also am not sure that's the worst we're going to get beat this year so you know, I mean, Alabama and Georgia, those teams, not only can they put up points, but they're a lot more physical than West Virginia. So, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long season. And, and you just hope that somewhere in the midst of all of that, you know, getting blown out, which we hate to get blown out, but all of the, in, in kind of in the midst of it, you can find six wins. I think that there are possibly six wins on the schedule. I am less enthused about getting to six than I was a week ago. So, yeah, you, um, you know, you, you yeah. said last week that you were uh, thinking that they were going to beat Florida. Has that changed? I, you know, I got, a, I got an opportunity to watch Florida. Florida played about the same level of competition. Tennessee's going to play in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Florida did not do anything to impress me whatsoever, but Tennessee, you, you didn't did like Dan Mullen's so, dance moves. I did not. I did not. That guy is such a cornball, man. I mean, how? I mean, wow. He may kill it there, but, man, if he does, it's going to be in spite of himself. I mean, because that's just, I don't know. But anyway. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, no, I mean, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, curi- I'm curious to see how Tennessee looks the next couple of weeks. Not because I think it's going to tell us anything about what this team's going to be, but Man, they need some confidence points right now. I mean, I didn't like, I didn't like body language on Saturday. I didn't like, you know, just some of the. They played hard, but it's just like, I mean, it, to me, it just looked like they, you know, they thought, well, here we go again. And you know, at this point, it is kind of that. And so you want to you want to get that out of the program, and, and that's that's not there yet. But it's also, you know, it's also not an overnight fix. I feel bad for us as fans and for the kids that are on that team, because there was some optimism going into the game and the kids were optimistic going into the game. Um, and I, and they kind of got knocked back down to earth. And I think it was David Ubin or whomever. I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, you know, that what, what Saturday did, did was give us a starting point. And, and I kind of expounded upon that in my column and said, you know, it, it, we know where we are and we know where we want to go, but the hard part's going to be getting there. And, and you know, that's something that we're all just going to have to go through together. And that goes from, you know, from fans to coaches to especially players and they've got to learn how to win. And, and, you know, they, they're not playing winning football right now. Yeah. I think that was actually your buddy, Wes, not, not Ubin, but what, was uh, it Wes? I think yeah, it was. Yeah. It, that was a good one. Um, and I have to say, uh, I was a little surprised to hear you say that you saw a bad, uh, poor body language because um, I didn't really feel like I saw any of that. Um, I did. There was a couple of shots at the end of the game. And it, I think it was Osborne and maybe, and I'm not calling out those kids, man. I mean, I, you know, you're getting, you're getting crushed. At that point, you're disappointed. I don't think it was bad body language like I saw with Garantano in the season opener yeah. last year. I don't mean like that at okay. all. And I just think that, I should. I probably used a bad, a, a bad term. It was more like just a dejected feeling, which is why I kind of went into. I feel bad for the kids because I think that they thought that they were a little more prepared to to face that than what, what they were. Yeah. And you know that Tennessee legitimately. I'm not trying to <clears throat> point fingers or knock noses, but they legitimately was the slowest Power Five team I watched all weekend, and I probably watched about 30 hours of football. So 
I mean, that's that was that's discouraging. You know, I have to say though, we don't really know how good West Virginia is. Um, True. So you know, a little bit more data will will probably help. Um, in my uh, Monday, I guess it was Tuesday. I've lost track of the week. Whenever Labor Day comes, you know, I, I you know, I, I just I lose track of everything. But anyway, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Tennessee does against competition like the rest of the SEC played. Because after last weekend, it felt like, oh man, Tennessee is the worst team in the SEC because everybody else is scoring 50 points, you know. But you know, most of those teams did not play. Uh, ranked teams they didn't play good teams now auburn did but and they won but you know it wasn't like a runaway it wasn't a blowout either so um i'm really looking forward to a little more data when everybody starts playing sort of uh comparable teams um so we'll see how that goes um but about the uh, the praise sandwich, let's 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 come up with uh, one positive takeaway, a negative takeaway, and then to finish with a uh, positive takeaway. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest takeaway was Garitano. I, I thought that you know I, I I didn't really know what to expect from Jarrett, and and I, I don't think any of us did really. I mean, you know, we we had heard that even though Pruitt had heaped kind of a little more praise than we were used to on the team. He'd been a little bit, you know, he'd been kind of quiet about his quarterbacks. And and Garantano, I thought, played within himself. I, I, he did not play. He didn't throw any passes that should have been picked the other day. He really executed the offense real well. I thought he missed on a couple of reads. I thought that, you know, he really could have hit Callaway another couple of times. And, you know, and I, I was I was disappointed at some times. We're talking about a positive now, but. I was disappointed at times a little bit with Helton's play calling in the first half, especially. But I really thought Garantano delivered the ball on time. I was really watching, you know, that that clock we talk about, um, and and I've talked about many times. And I thought his internal clock was a lot better. He, he rolled away from pressure a couple times, delivered some strikes. You know, the only time that he, you know, he got hit a couple times when Kennedy whiffed on his guys at, at center, but you know, including the first game, which really put us in a bind. But Garantano really played a mistake-free game, and I think that's something to to really be encouraged about. And 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 when you kind of expound upon that and really talk about, you know, the entire passing game, I, I don't think Tennessee – I think we just kind of saw the cusp of what Tennessee's passing game can be because um, Palmer looked a, a ton better than he did last year. Um, Jennings – and Callaway, I mean, Callaway looked exceptional. Jennings yep. played pretty well when he was in there. Yep. And then Dominic Wood Anderson looks like a threat. So I, I'm I'm encouraged. I'm really encouraged by by Garantano, number one, and by the entire passing game. That was much better than I really thought it would be. I thought the running game would kind of carry us. And, and really, you know, those guys, I, mean, I felt like we should have passed the football more. Yeah. All right. Uh, negative? You know, the negative thing. More than the secondary, because and and I, we talked about it last week and and we wrote about it last week, but and when you have a young um, secondary with the, or when you've got a secondary that's a mixture of older slow players and young athletes that have no idea what they're doing, you absolutely have to help them by getting pressure on the quarterback and yeah. the defensive line um, slash pass rushers were just non-existent Greer had all day 
throw the football. They never harassed him. They rarely hit him. And Greer was able to just kind of sit back there and dissect the defense. And and that does not bode well. Um, everybody wants to say secondary, secondary, secondary. Man, I mean, that's that's not fair to those kids. I mean, because that's so disappointed as anybody in Buchanan and Abernathy. And I did not, and I thought Nigel Warrior played a, a very poor game. I think we're going to get better play out of him, but. Man, those kids at times they were letting slow moving plays develop and people were getting behind them because Greer had all the time in the world to get to throw the football. And and the pass rush has got to get better. And even though I thought that Pruitt made some bad calls by trying to call some corner blitzes and get those in which ended up with safeties back there in man coverage that killed Tennessee and they had and and West Virginia exploited man coverage all night or all day, I really thought that Pruitt was trying to find a way to manufacture some sort of pass rush. And when you do that, you're going to leave players on islands. That's just, you can't, you can't send seven and have six back. I mean, it's just, you know, there's not that many out there. And, and I thought Tennessee, you know, even when they blitzed, they struggled to get to the quarterback and you can't do that when you're inexperienced and and or not talented on the back end. So the yeah. pass rush was, it has to improve. Yeah. And at this point. I'll... Sorry. Uh, it, are I, I you done with say, the negative? At this point, you, well, no, I mean, at this point, you have to try other people. You have to really hope that that Jordan Allen and really hope that, um, you know, De- DeAndre Johnson and those guys, you, you have to play those kids because – they're not going to be any worse than what a guy like Kongbo was on Saturday. They're just not. So you play them, you hope the light comes on in the game. These next two games are for finding some of those guys. Maybe Peterson that has absolutely no idea what he's doing right now, but is super talented. I mean, maybe you get these feet, the feet wet against some of these teams that, that can't beat you and try to find some players that can get to the quarterback because if Tennessee can't manufacture a pass rush, Jake Bentley – um, Drew Locke, Tua Tagovola, and um, I can't ever pronounce his name, but and Kyle Shermer and guys like that are going to kill us. Yeah. They're just going to kill us. Um, mine is uh, the center. Just he had a yeah. he had a he had a rough uh, start for one, you know. But that sounds just like that's just a you know a, a brain problem, you know, just real quick, right? So. Um, Everybody makes mistakes, but there there were a couple of those. Um, and then the thing I was really disappointed in, just watching one of the replays, um, after he missed a couple of blocks on a play, the uh, I think it was Jordan still got outside, but he was just jogging to the play, you know. So it was it was effort on top of making those mistakes uh, for me on that one. So I I hope that was just a uh, just a one game thing that he's going to learn from it and get better because he's he's. Seems like he's got the talent for it. Hope he hope he uh, gets it together. Um, yeah. Last uh, last uh, last positive. Unless well, you want to do two, you can do two. Well, uh, then I'll I'll touch on the one that nobody wants to talk about because it, they're, it's not sexy enough. But I mean, I was worried about the I was worried about special teams. I thought that Joe Doyle did a good job punting the football. I mean, and that that's something that. You know, it didn't really matter in this game, but it's going to matter. It's in some game down the road, and and that that was encouraging because I mean he's a redshirt freshman, he's a walk-on kid from Farragut, you know, and he beat out the the you know the the number two 
punter in the nation, and, and I thought he punted pretty well the other day. And I think that Tennessee, you know, they need some consistency after losing a guy like Trevor Daniel, who just beat out veteran Shane Leckler for the Texans. And, you know, you don't re- you don't just replace guys like that. And, and um, Doyle did a really good job the other day, so I was encouraged by that because that's going to be – that's going to be big later in the season when, you know, after the the gauntlet Tennessee runs and against some of those teams that maybe you know it's a little more on on even even kill even an even field playing field is Tennessee, but you know the other thing that that really was encouraging was Tim Jordan. Yeah. I mean, you know that that guy you know, we we saw kind of you know glimpses of what he could do in the spring game, and and I thought that you know this is this is this is the guy they recruited. I mean. Say what you want to about Butch, I've said plenty, but that was a, re- a recruiting evaluation gem. I thought it was a really good pickup when they got him. There were only a couple teams that liked him. He was a basketball player, I mean, so an athlete. And, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina, um, there was another team, I can't remember who it was, maybe Ole Miss or somebody. He only had three or four, you know, legit offers, and it came down to Tennessee and North Carolina, and they were able to get Jordan to come come to Tennessee. And that kid, you know, he's athletic. And not only is he athletic, he runs hard. And he runs with effort, as Trey Smith said the other day um, on Monday, I believe it was. Watching watching um, him run makes me want to play harder, and that's your bell cow talking. You know, yeah. that's the best player on the team, and so I, you know, I, I still believe it's going to be a running back by committee. Chandler can do some things that other kids on that offense can. I, I thought London had a couple good hard nosed runs, and but you know, Tennessee was really struggling to to move the football on the ground early. And credit Helton for going to that little that little pitch, that little toss pitch to the edge, and and Jordan, you know, Jordan made some plays, and I don't know how those plays are going to work against an Alabama or Georgia, but you're going to have to have a tough runner at those times because those teams are going to hit you, and you know, Jordan, I'm not saying he's going to be a thousand yard rusher this year because Lord knows that the offensive line's got to improve significantly, but but he looked like a really good player. I'm I'm really excited to see how he develops over the next three years he, he's one of those guys i feel like you know can, can be a major part of this moving forward yeah my second positive just just because you mentioned that you were sort of disappointed in in helton's uh, uh play calling was i actually was kind of pleased with it uh the, the fact that things were, were so bad early on, and it wasn't just because players' mistakes. It was that he was trying to run into a, a box that was stacked against the run, you know. And he didn't just say, you know, I know this will work eventually if we just keep going to it, you know. He actually changed right. what he was doing and, and started having success. So uh, I, I, was, I was happy to see that uh, adjustments on the fly not waiting for halftime, not waiting for the next game or, or never, you know. Um, so we're beginning to run out of time a little bit. So give me 60 seconds on, on what you want to see against uh, ETSU this week. Well, I mean, you know, I'd like to see Tennessee expand um, the passing game a little bit. I want to see them run some more vertical things. On, on Offensively, that's – that's really what I'd like to see. I want to see them, you know, run some deep patterns, use the center of the field a little bit more. I wish they'd run some slants and crosses. I, it, it seems to me that they, they're not utilizing that part of the field, and, and Tennessee never did in the Butch era. So I don't know if it's just maybe what the defense gave them in the first game, but um, I, I really, I really like as I, as I mentioned, I really like what I see from the receiving core. So I'm, I'm curious to kind of see that 
develop and, and want to see, you know, Wood Anderson more involved in the passing game. So that would be that'd be what I would like to see on offense. And, um, you know, defensively, I, I, I really – they as I said, they've got to manufacture a pass rush. So um, ETSU is not going to beat you if you run J.J. Peterson out there for 25 plays, even even though the, the kid literally just got on campus. I don't know that he'll play this week because I know that there's like an acclimation yeah. period after the NCAA clears you. So I'm not He'd saying that he have to play just run... in shorts. <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Which, you know, at this point, he would probably still start. But, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, seriously, throw him to the side and, and let's let's talk about, you know, DeAndre Johnson. Let's talk about, um, is it, I mean, the Allen kid, the Juco kid from, from – um, from San Francisco. Let's talk about, you know, um, um, Austin Smith. I mean, a guy that, that I'd like to see, you know, a little bit more of, I mean, let's pin the ears and have some guys that can get after the quarterback. I mean, you don't ever want to say anything negative about a kid, but I, it, I've, I've seen Jonathan Congbo fight off a block maybe two or three times in his entire career at Tennessee. So, and maybe, you know, maybe, the light's going to come on, but I didn't see a whole lot Saturday that made me have a lot of faith in it. So let's try some other things. Let's try some other players. And, and just because they can get to the quarterback against ETSU doesn't mean they can against Florida. But, you know, Tennessee's got to play some kids, got to try to mix some things up, and we've got to try to find some sort of semblance of a pass rush in the front seven. Yeah. I want to see a score that looks like the ones – that uh, our uh, SEC brethren put up against their cupcakes. Something that's going to make me feel like we can have hope against Florida. That's what I want to see. So, Like a 55 to 3. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. at least getting close to 50 and holding them under 10 or something. Just a, a blowout, as long as it's a blowout. I uh, want to see yeah. it. That's probably a bad expectation to go into a game with, uh, but that will make me feel better. So, and right now I just want to feel better. So sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we, we need that because we're not going to have, you know, we're talking about maybe five or six feel good games this year. So that's <laughs> yeah. if, that's if we, I mean, six, if we're, if we're really happy yeah. and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's bad. That, that, that's not good. So yeah. let's be happy this week. All right. All right, well, that'll do it for the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast. Uh, please subscribe via iTunes or Google and uh, give us a rating. Give us a review. Uh, bonus points if you use the words uh, Naked Randy Sanders. Um, and you have to spell it. Nobody N- wants to see that. <laughs> you have to spell it N-E-K-K-I-D. Alternatively, you can get bonus points for using the, the, the word Taylor Swift. That'll work, too. Uh, <laughs> But not, but not naked Taylor Swift. Uh, no, we don't want that. No. <laughs> well, that might be good for hits. I don't know. But anyway. All right. So for Brad Shepard, I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and this has been the Game Day on Rocky Top Podcast. That got a look for my wife. <laughs> well, as it should. We need a chaperone for you. You also confirmed, too, by the way, that you have no idea what 60 seconds is. So. No, no, <laughs> not at all. I don't think I'm capable of doing anything in 60 seconds. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that one alone. Yeah, leave that one alone. <laughs>